is the Grow Your Clinic podcast from Clinic Mastery. We help progressive health professionals to lead inspired teams, transform client experiences, and build clinics for good. Now, it's time to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow Your Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien, your host. Super to be with you today, wherever you're joining us from, whether it's iTunes or Spotify on audio or on the YouTubes, watching this on video. Great to have you with us for another episode. Right from the top, as always, you can head over to clinicmastery.com slash podcast for the the show notes, any links that we touch on today, and uh, particularly links to check out our guests and what they represent. And so I'm really excited to have joining us today the co-founders of Simple Set, a brilliant exercise prescription software. We've got Eric Gartner and Travis Brunn with me today. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing pretty well. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, thanks for having us. You're welcome. And for the astute listeners who may not be familiar with that dulcet accent, where are you folks from? We are from Canada, right in the center, a province called Saskatchewan. Ah, nice. Been in the news lately, I believe. This is true. Yeah, Mm. for unfortunate reasons, but uh, nonetheless. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a horrible situation. But nonetheless, this is not a horrible situation having you here. We're going to have a whole lot of fun talking about tech and client experience and exercises and your journey from, from healthcare through to tech. So let's get straight into it. Actually, before we get into our icebreaker questions, usually we leave it to the end to mention how people can check out our guests. But uh, I just want to give you guys the platform now. If people wanted to check out Simple Set or get in touch with you on the socials, anything like that, how might we do so? The best way to get a hold of us is really just to go to our website, which is simpleset.net, and uh, you can contact us through there. Perfect. All right. We've got that out in the open, simpleset.net. I like the rhyme. Well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, so we can get to know you guys first a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask a question, couple of questions, and I'll direct them so we know who's talking, and we'll take it from there. So number one, what are you reading right now? Trav, I'll go to you and then Eric. Oh, I, you know, I don't really have a lot of time for reading, to be honest. Um, but I'm slowly working my way through a book of sci-fi short stories. Nice. I like my sci-fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bit of a break from the, the work and business content, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Eric, what are you reading right now? Yeah. I'm in the similar vein as Trav. Sci-fi is usually my go-to. Actually, I just finished a book by Andy Weir called Project Hail Mary. No spoilers, but it's really, it's an interesting story about kind of like purpose a little bit and sort of impact of your life, sort of really large themes that way, but a pretty gripping story kind of keeps you in it. Yeah, Just finished up that one. Good one. There you go. Uh, Listeners, we'll link those up in the show notes if you're interested in a read. Uh, Number two, who inspires you? Who inspires me? I would say I'm particularly drawn to musicians. I think what inspires me in general about people who are musical artists is sort of the the passion and commitment they have to what they do. And I guess if I had to choose a musician, it's a bit cliche, but I'm a Bono fan. Uh (laughs) He definitely fits that vein of being someone who's passionate, charismatic. And I find that fairly inspirational. I like that. Trev? Mm -hmm. You know, there's not really one figure that comes immediately to mind. I, I don't know. I hope this isn't too corny, but really like... 
the people that I draw my strength and my inspiration from are really like the simple set team that I work with. I think we're just such a solid team and I, yeah, hugs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I don't, I would not have been able to do this for as long as I have without the people that I work with. So yeah. Likewise, likewise. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. And I think that would resonate. I know when we've spoken to a couple of clinic owners on the podcast, they would say a similar thing about their team. So mm-hmm. it really resonate. Okay, number three, what did you want to be growing up? Surely everyone grows up in Canada just wanting to play ice hockey, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there was probably a brief period in grade three where I wanted to be an astronaut like every other kid. But yeah, uh, that's right. truthfully, I, I was the kid that stayed in at recess to work on the computer. So it was probably foreordained that I was going to end up in tech somehow. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Eric, how about you? Uh, You know, growing up, definitely wanted to be an athlete, a pro athlete, and not the hockey route, but American football is what I ended up playing for the longest. But beyond that, in terms of actual career, it actually always has been physiotherapy. I set out to to do that as a result of being injured playing those sports and having that interaction, which I think is fairly common, uh, set out to do that. So I came pretty close to what I wanted to be growing up by being a physio and building simple set yeah nice my story was similar I want to be a pro rugby league player which is football oh, yeah, here, yeah. and uh mm. spend a lot of time on the physio table and here we are finally what's a motto that you like to live by travis don't sweat the petty things mm. who said that it's like it's things. almost cliched it's been so widely quoted right don't sweat the yeah stuff. yeah i don't know i don't know who said it but i i, I think applicable to lots of things but in tech you know life it's really busy and it's easy to become a bit myopic in your focus if if you let it and you just you have to sort of resist that and step back and appreciate the people around you and you know it's just software at the end of the day yeah yeah eric how about you what's a motto you like to live by you know i think i might have to go to the saskatchewan motto which loosely would be one with the strength of many you know saskatchewan's a farming province and very community oriented and definitely growing up that is how i was raised a bit and so a small group of people with the strength of the whole community behind you especially early days for our company the support of our local clinics and provincial supporters really had an impact on us. So yeah, one with the strength of many. I love that. I haven't heard that before. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing. All right. So connect the dots for us. So we went from, you know, uh, NFL wannabe <laughs> through to through to physio and tech. So take us on that journey, maybe Eric yourself. How, how did you end up now as a co-founder of a health tech company? Yeah. So our journey actually goes back to physio school when we were working collaboratively that way. So so you guys were studying together? Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you mm-hmm. recall in physio school, there's a lot of different types of projects where you end up working with your classmates on different mm. things. And you get mixed around in different groups. And particularly, there was a, a small group of us that worked pretty well together and had complementary skill sets and that type of thing. And from that, I'll say that Simple set is the genesis of Travis post graduation, where he recognized he had some skills to build something that was a gap in the market at the time. Okay. So, an easier way to prescribe not just exercises, but sort of reflect the nature of the session with your patient in a way that technology could assist with. And so, you know, Travis was really sort of the ringleader to get things started that way. And 
maybe what I brought to the table was a bit of sort of that creativity, uh, willingness to roll up my sleeves and do a little bit of the the dirty work at the start in terms of taking exercise pictures and being a, a sounding board for some of the, the software related particulars uh, as a physiotherapist. So yeah, it, it goes back quite a ways for us. I don't want to mm-hmm. say exactly how many years physio <laughs> school was ago, but uh, we've been at this for, for quite a while. Yeah. For you, Eric, was there any prior business experience or startup experience before launching into a tech company? No, the the only experience I would say that sort of fits that is I've had a job since sixth grade, some mm-hmm. job in some capacity. Okay. And I, I cover, my wife and I were talking about this a little while ago, 30 to 35 jobs. And just with that level of sort of breadth of experience and that type of thing, I think it led to a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit where you can see how different businesses work and are kind of interested in how people work inside those businesses. So uh, that would be the closest I, I got to that, but never uh, never owned or, or started a company prior to this. No. Mm, okay. Travis, how about you? How, obviously, you were tinkering with code by the sounds of it during lunchtime at school. But yeah. When did the switch <laughs> flip from kind of just wanting to be a clinical a clinician to then building software and tech? Oh, uh, well, it, it was the other way around, actually. I was in software and tech before I switched gears to go into physio. I guess, you know, as Eric says, I don't want to date myself, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I guess it was my mid-20s. Uh, I, I was working for a, a music software company at the time, and I, I was just disillusioned with the kind of work I was doing. And, uh, you know, what had one of those crises what am i doing with my life and sure. you know uh, sort of made the decision to switch gears and go into physiotherapy because i felt like that aligned better with my values and i wanted to do something that i felt like was doing some good in the world mm-hmm. And so went back to school and did that. But yeah, the joke is on me because as soon as <laughs> I'm out of physiotherapy school, oh, it suddenly it becomes clear once you start working as a physiotherapist or even before then, actually, that there is lots of opportunity to provide supplementary services that utilize tech to really help with patient care. And there was a, a need for that. And so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, suddenly we're back in computers so it's almost like the the frustration of working clinically for both of you in in varying ways that frustration of some of the limitations of how maybe traditionally we've done healthcare physio being yours and my experience but more broadly that frustration Mm of we see patients face to face and then they disappear and things break down is there anything else to it or can you speak to that frustration trev as a physiotherapist, you have a very narrow window of opportunity to really give your patient everything that they are going to need to set them up for success. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, I'm sure you've had the experience where you have someone and give them an exercise program and they go away and they come back and they're not any better and you say to them, well, show me how you're doing your exercises. And it's completely different from what you had originally given them. So really finding ways to promote retention of information beyond that initial clinical visit is what's interesting to us. And that's what we strive to do. Mm. Eric, I'm curious, as uh, you know, you go from physio school to, to working in a practice and then launch out to start a company and tech nonetheless, what do you know now that you wish you knew when starting a business? 
you know, we've been at this for quite a while and there's been a lot of successes along the way, but there's been some some tough times as well. And I think had someone maybe let me know about sort of this is, you know, the type of work and how long it would take, that would have been good to know at, at the start for starting that tech business. And I would say the value of collaboration is one that had we known earlier about just how fruitful that can be, not only from like a, you know, a big growing your business standpoint, but motivationally, inspirationally, as we've sort of talked about what our inspirations are, the more you collaborate with people who are in your industry, adjacent to your industry, it really sparks that creative mindset. And I, I find that pretty interesting myself. So yeah, if, if you're out there, if you're listening and you're in the early stages, try to reach out and collaborate with those around you because it you never know how it's going to affect what you do and where it would go. Mm, I love that. I think the reason uh, I wanted to press on some of these questions is so many of our audience and listeners, uh, we've all been on that journey from being a clinician to most of us being then clinic owners, but still mm. often having either frustrations with the way things are or ideas about how we could change or what we could do differently or better. Doing what you do now, Eric, do you miss the patient-facing care? Oh, for sure. We, until recently, keep a foot in clinical practice as much as we can. And we're trained as clinicians. There's a reason we got into being physiotherapists. Like Trav said, it's we wanted to give something back to the world and do something with a, a lot of purpose. So when you deal with patients one-on-one, there is a lot of that, you know, helping people help themselves is really what we got into it for. So missing that aspect as well of the one-on-one, but we do get a lot of that in our business right. side of things because you, you're you helping different people in different ways. You're still helping, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot about clinical care that, that I miss and, and like. Mm. That's good to hear. Trav, why another exercise software? Oh, (laughs) well, well, Jack, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Um, Okay, I have to be a little bit careful here because I don't want to ruffle feathers. But if we look at sort of the state of exercise software, specifically exercise softwares that have a more rehabilitative focus, I would say that um, they tend towards being fairly conventional in how they work. And what I mean by that is um, when I use a lot of these softwares, I feel like I'm I'm on Amazon or or something like that, where there's a big long list of exercises and I'm going through it and I'm one by one checking to add them to my my exercise shopping cart and, okay. and I yep. check them all out. Then I click the checkout button and I assign that to a patient and it works. It, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you put the time in, you can prescribe perfectly good exercise programs using that approach. But I would argue that the approach doesn't inherently lend itself to being very creative in how you prescribe exercise. And I think all other things being equal, it tends to lead to more formulaic type programs. So we we try to take a bit of a zag in this and do it differently. Um, we think of an exercise program as being the central document in the application. And really, we think of it as a canvas where you can pull whatever you need into it. So maybe you pull some exercises from our database in. Maybe you've got some of your own exercises somewhere else that you pull in. Maybe you've got a piece of an exercise that you really like. So you grab that piece and you pull it in. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got three exercises that you built for one of your patients a couple of days ago that you want to reuse. So you open that program and you pull those in. 
Maybe you've got files sitting on your desktop, like videos or images. So you pull those and drag those in. Maybe you draw on top of some of the images that we've got just to right. add arrows and doodles on top of them. It's a very fluid, very dynamic way of building an exercise program. And I think it's much easier to prescribe exercise creatively using that kind of an approach. Mm. It's a really interesting distinction, yeah, because so many clinicians work in different ways and sometimes we work in a way, a particular way because that's all we've ever known or that's all we've ever had. So what I'm hearing is Simple Set has really tried to maybe not break it, but create an alternative way yeah, of operating. I, I mean, we're, we're trying to refine it, I think, and just give clinicians more freedom in, in how they build their exercise programs. There's a little bit of a learning curve to it as there is with anything, but um, certainly when we're showing it to people and they sort of see how it comes together for the first time, there's sort of a moment where you, you can almost see a little light bulb go on and it's just like, oh, oh, that makes so much sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's very gratifying to hear and it lets us know, I think, that we're on the right track. Yeah. Talk to me about the learning curve, Trav. So for for a clinician who it still sometimes takes me a while to remember, but there's plenty of clinicians who are still drawing stick figures on paper and haven't yet made that progression to tech. And that's okay. We're all on a a journey. Mm -hmm. Do you Mm -hmm. find that there's a steep learning curve for those folk who are unfamiliar or is it quite natural and intuitive? For the most part, I think people adapt to it very quickly. In general, uh, like when we were first starting out, I don't think tech was utilized in physiotherapy nearly to the extent that it is now. And people are much more accustomed to working with their devices in physiotherapy now. And that really helps. Yeah, people come to it quite naturally. And a lot of time has been spent building the user interface to be simple and easy to use as possible. And a huge amount of work has gone into that on Mm. our end. But the result that we strive for is something that just looks like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Of course, it works that way. How else could it possibly work, right? And that's the goal um, mm-hmm. that we, we're we always trying to work towards. Yeah. So I, I think people come to it pretty quick. Nice. To your point uh, earlier, Jack, about clinicians treat in different ways, patients learn in different ways. And I think Trav's right that Sometimes technology can be this thing. If you haven't used it in practice before, it can be this thing that is like, well, I know I've got my system. I know what I'm doing. Technology is not really involved. And the thought of adding technology, I think complexity comes to mind. And I think once you see for our software, once you see how it works, once you realize, oh, okay, I can leverage technology in a very simple way that actually makes my job easier and it makes the patient's outcome better. But yeah, technology can be a boogeyman if you haven't had much of it in your practice. And uh, it actually can be quite helpful once you just see how it works. So that's good, Eric. I've got a couple of questions for you on that. I want to talk about the the client experience case and then the business case for for tech integration. But let's touch Mm -hmm. on the client side first. Mm -hmm. How does using more tech or layering more tech into how we work, what does that do for our clients, for our patients? Yeah. So I think especially lately, there's a bit more of an expectation as a patient that technology will be involved somehow in your rehab process. And have you have you seen that accelerate with COVID? Uh, yeah, I would say it's definitely part of COVID for sure. The interesting mm-hmm. part with COVID and the pandemic 
probably the strongest takeaway is that the one-on-one relationship still matters. Uh, in-person matters a lot. Technology, yeah, it's still there and the patient expects that as part of the pandemic. But we keep that part very central in our design and philosophy that we're adjunct to that relationship that is usually in, in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so there's the expectation from the patient that technology is going to be involved. And there is sometimes the allure of many bells and whistles that sound on their face, like, oh, this will add a lot of value to how the patient works through their program at home. And they sound good, but practically patients, we all know patients, they're Mm -hmm. people, they have complicated lives. Physiotherapy is one small component of that. The rehab, sometimes it is impactful for their whole life, but it's one component. Mm -hmm. And trying to use bells and whistles in their rehab can really become hurdles. So anyway, our philosophy is technology can be helpful if we lower those hurdles. And we just try to make the whole interaction seamless, direct, pulling out the relevant information from their clinical exposure into their home in the fastest, easy way possible to get them doing their program, which is really at the end of the day, what matters. People doing the things they need to do to take care of themselves. Mm. Yeah, it's a really important distinction, I think, because you're right, tech can solve a lot of problems for clients, but it can also create as many problems as it solves if it's not maybe thought through uh, all the second and third order consequences. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that. How, how about the, the the business case or the the clinic operations case for tech? Like you say, there is a there is a learning curve to any new tech integration, but often the benefits outweigh the the challenges. What do clinics say when they add more tech to their workflows? Yeah, so in our specific case, definitely we have feedback that the ability to onboard staff to our software is very easy, very, very low learning curve. Mm -hmm. And even though it is a piece of technology, it usually is the easiest piece of technology in the stack of a clinic, whether that's scheduling software, charting software, that type of thing. Our software tends to be the easiest to bring people on. And then there is that trying to balance the one-on-one interactions of physiotherapy, dealing with the patient themselves, and then sifting through that technology that's required from a clinician's standpoint. So for us, we know that we are not the only technology they're going to be using. So we really put that into our our thought process when designing new features or adding different things like that. We recognize there are other pieces of software that take up more time. And so we really try to make sure interactions with our software, easy, in and out, very low cognitive load, because that tends to be the case for most clinicians. That's such a key point, that that cognitive load, that mm-hmm. clinicians have enough on their mind. They're dealing with a human in front of them and we've got mm-hmm. six tabs of tech open in our browsers. And and yeah. so something that isn't a drain but is uh, it yeah. is a support and, and it simplifies mm-hmm. their life is, yeah, is really right. key. Mm-hmm. Trav, can you speak to us about what makes maybe what makes SimpleSet unique but also maybe what's coming down the pipes or what can we think about when we think about the, the future of tech or the exercise space? In terms of what we've got coming down the pipe, traditionally, we focused very much um, on the exercise prescription side of things. And uh, I think we have a very mature, very robust offering in that realm um, at this point. I mean, we, we make it we make it easy to build exercise programs and they are really good programs and it's easy to customize them to the needs of your patient. And it's easy for your patient to understand 
And I think it, it's hard to sort of overestimate the value of just having a good exercise program for your patient. That's the main thing right there. That's right. our core offering. Now, beyond that, there are supplementary offerings that sort of complement that. So I'll give you some examples. We are starting to move into patient tracking a little bit more, where SimpleSet is clever about how it monitors how your patient is doing in between appointment sessions. If your patient is struggling with their exercises at all, SimpleSet will flag that for you, and then you can take action if you need to. And and that's a potentially a very vast area that oh. there are all sorts of things that can be done in. And I think probably for the next couple of years, that's going to be taking up a lot of our focus as we refine that and figure out, okay, what are better ways to keep the therapist informed about what the patient is up to without overwhelming the therapist with too much information. I, I mean, physiotherapists, they're busy, okay? They don't have a lot of extra time and bandwidth to sift through tons and tons of data, maybe about how many sets and reps your patient is doing. I think they want to, in general, glean the key insights from that information to oh. see how is the patient doing? Is this patient doing great? Are they ready to progress? Uh, are they in trouble? So I, that's that's sort of the area that we're moving towards more so, I think. I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that, Eric? No, I think that's right. Like I was mentioning, the patient is still our central focus. We're a tech company for clinicians, but really the patient interaction is our focus. So we don't want to take too much away from that. And to Travis' point, at the end of the day, we have clinicians who have large caseloads. Many of those patients are going to do very well. And understanding that they are you've set them up to be independent and go about and live their lives successfully. We really are concerned about those who don't fit that and need that extra touch, need a bit of a reach out. So we have a few things in the works that allow that to happen without requiring the clinician to configure and with a very low effort on the patient side. So not making again a patient have to do a lot of extra work mm -hmm. that if someone is struggling, they probably are not going to be putting that extra work in anyway. So in the end, that is the goal is to sort of extend that interaction in a way that is sustainable for both the clinician and the patient in a really, really simple way. Yeah, I like it. Eric, I'm thinking about there's probably two types of clinic owners who might be listening here. One who's never started down the route of prescription software and another who's already got something going but isn't quite happy and is looking to make a jump. What would you say to those two audiences? Well, I'll say that uh, SimpleSet makes the clinician's life easier. It makes your patient's life better, and it doesn't break the bank. So if you have questions about whether or not it's the right fit, it's going to check all three of those boxes. We're very confident. It's that simple. It's mm -hmm. a simple set, right? <laughs> that's, uh, right. <laughs> so that, that's really helpful. And Trav, if there's a, if there's clinic owners who, who are listening and are thinking about tech more broadly, how would you encourage a clinic owner to approach the idea of technology? Well, I mean, the technology is always in service of our goals as physiotherapists, which is getting people better. And so I think that's the rubric that you have to judge every potential technology that you're looking at bringing into your clinic? Is it helping you with getting your patients better? And that's at the end, really the, the only thing that matters, I think, as a physiotherapist. And if the tech isn't doing that, then there's maybe a question to be had around whether or not it's worth keeping it. Mm. 
It's a great filter. It's definitely a values filter and and a patient-centered filter. So Mm -hmm. I think that's some really uh, sage advice. Hey, gents, this has been uh, really insightful. I really appreciate you unpacking your journey and, and what tech and simple set can do to help clinic owners again eric if people want to check out more or get in touch uh, i'll let you mention once more how we can do so yeah simpleset.net will give you a lot of information uh recently we started on instagram so yeah if you want to do us a solid and give us a follow there it would make us feel good about what we're, we're trying to communicate through instagram which is just a uh, simple set if you search there on instagram you'll find us but yeah at, at any time reach out to us as well on our website you'll find the contact form we're clinicians we love to talk physio we love to talk about patient care so happy to chat anytime with anybody Super. Thank you, gents. And uh, listeners, we will make sure we link that up in in the show notes over at clinicmastery.com slash podcast. Find this episode with Simple Set. And I definitely think it's worth for for our Aussie audience. It's worth exploring beyond our borders. There's uh, there's a lot to be learned from our colleagues all around the place. And likewise, if there's some Canadians listening in, let's connect and uh, and make sure that we we find the synergies and similarities across our globe so that we can help amplify the impact of clinics locally and globally. Gents, thank you so much for joining us. And listeners, thank you for joining us on this episode. I can't wait to bring you another episode of the podcast again really soon. Bye for now. Uh, Thanks, Jack. Yeah, thank you, Jack. That was fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Your Clinic podcast. To find out more about past episodes or how we can help you, head to www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. And please remember to rate and review us on your podcast player of choice. See you on the next episode.